0: What's up everybody, it's Pastor James and welcome back to our midweek Bible study. We are still in the middle of our Lent celebration and if you haven't started yet, it's never too late to join in. We are encouraging everyone associated with Graham Chapel to join us in fasting and prayer as Easter Sunday approaches. And so we hope you can do that with us over the next several weeks. Now today, we are finishing up Matthew chapter 18 with the parable of the unforgiving debtor. Now, read with me as we close out this chapter and talk about another great parable that Jesus offers up to his disciples as he explains a question offered by Peter. So Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 35, let's read together. It says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and released him, and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars, and he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison, and the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. And they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man who had been forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Okay, so let's talk about this parable because it's a great parable and truly sets the tone for how we should be willing to forgive others who wrong us in our daily lives inside the body of Christ and in life in general. But let's backtrack a little bit and think about what Jesus was talking about in the previous section that we discussed last week. Now, the previous passage is Jesus talking about how we should correct a fellow believer, Um, A brother or sister in Christ, that is, uh, using going to them personally, using witnesses, and then using the church to keep unity among the body of Christ or the church so that you have that unity, so that you can function together as Christ intended. Now, this is super important because if the unity in the church body is so important, then being able to forgive other people who wronged you is going to be vital in keeping the unity inside the church, and it causes Peter to come up to Jesus and ask this question, How often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And you have to understand in this moment that as Peter comes up and asks him, that he realizes forgiveness is going to be important in maintaining unity in the body. And for Peter to suggest seven times, he probably thought his suggestion of seven times was going to be more than enough grace and mercy to give to people who offend us. During this time, the rabbis were actually suggesting and teaching that no one should be forgiven more than three times for their offenses. But Jesus has different plans in mind, and his teaching very much goes against the common expectations of people and even the teachers of religious law. Jesus comes back with, no, you should forgive them 70 times 7, which is a lot. Now understand this, that Jesus is not saying that we should be keeping tallies on people, and after their 490th time, then if they sin against us one more time we're allowed to disregard them and shun them jesus is not using seventy times seven as an exact number but he's using this as a means to communicate to the disciples that there is no need for you to continuously keep tabs on how people offend you but you should be ready to forgive people continuously grace mercy and love should be offered continuously. We need to be ready to offer it out to anyone at any time who offends us or sins against us. Now, grace, mercy, and forgiveness is necessary for all believers to have a relationship with Christ because you have to experience that personally to have a relationship with Christ. But also, it's necessary for you as a believer of Jesus to exercise grace, mercy, and forgiveness regularly. It's a part of who you are and who Christ has called you to be. And while that sounds preposterous, Jesus gives this parable to help us understand why we need to be willing to forgive that much, to offer mercy that much. And so this king that he speaks of obviously represents God. And on Judgment Day, everyone's going to be brought together to settle up accounts just like this king is doing with people who owe him financially in the parable. But because we're sinners, we all have this debt that needs to be paid and none of us are able to pay it. Thankfully, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay our debt for our sins, (coughs) but for the sake of the parable, we're going to keep following along with it and uh, this king has a man who owes him millions of dollars. Now, verse 24 says millions uh, in the NLT, which is what I read from. Now, in the original Greek, it says 10,000 talents, which is equivalent to 375 tons of silver. Now, I want to say that again. In the original Greek, 10,000 talents was what was listed. This is the example Jesus used, and it's equivalent to 375. 75 tons of silver. Now, that is 750,000 pounds of silver. Today's current market value of silver is $25.10 per ounce. If you multiply that by 16 ounces, you get $401.60 per pound. You multiply that by 750,000, you have $301,200,000 worth of silver. And that's a lot of money, and that's how much this man owed the king. So you're talking about this extremely, especially during this time, this unrealistic amount of debt that could never be paid. Now I want you to understand, today, $301 million is a feasible number. I mean, there are people who are worth billions of dollars today, so it doesn't seem like as much as it used to. But if you're anything like me, and you're just living like, you know... Uh, a middle class to lower class income life you know we're just kind of on the border like I would consider myself middle class but by no means would I consider myself wealthy in regards to the rest of people in America but 301 million dollars is an extreme amount of money compared to what I can even comprehend or what I've ever had the access to in my life and so if I owed that much money I would never be able to pay it back and so even in Jesus time the concept of 301 million dollars would just be outrageous. I mean, the disciples probably would have laughed at the amount of money that this man owed the king, and it would be an unpayable debt. And this amount of money, it would just be impossible to pay back. This is why the king ordered this man, his wife, his children, everything he owned to be sold to pay the debt. But the man humbles himself and he begs he begs for mercy, he begs for patience, which is kind of interesting because it is an unpayable debt, but he begs for patience and for more time so that he can pay back everything in full. But this was an unpayable debt, and though this man even thinking that he could do this would have been somewhat humorous to the disciples, to Jesus, to the king. I mean, this would have been kind of funny to everybody. Even if the man had been given eternity to pay the debt back, according to Jesus, according to the understanding of the disciples during this day, eternity would not have allowed them to be able to pay back this much money. So, um, you would think the man... Would understand this, but he begs for mercy, okay? He's pleading for his life. And the king is filled with pity and he completely forgives his debt, this almost unrealistic debt. He forgives him. And he forgives something that was impossible to pay back. And you would think that the man who had just been forgiven of such a great debt would be a little more understanding of someone who owed him so much less money than what he owed the king, but instead he's harsh with his servant. He has him, he grabs him by the throat, demands payment. He chokes him. Okay. He's choking him, demanding payment and has him thrown in prison until the debt could be paid. And it's important to understand that this servant who owes him money, it's, it's still a pretty big debt. When you look at it, it was it was denarii that was that was owed, and it was about a hundred denarii, and it was around a hundred days' wages. And so, while it's a significant amount of money, I mean, a hundred days' wages is a lot of money even in today's time. Um, but it was insignificant compared to the amount of money this man owed the king. So, even though the servant owed a lot of money, it was if you take, if you break it down mathematically, it was one six hundred thousandth of the amount that the guy had owed the king so even though it was a good bit of money i mean it was one six hundred thousandths of what this other guy owed the king so it was a good bit of money but it was nothing compared to the debt that had already been forgiven to him so it's just kind of amazing in the story and it's very obvious in the story as we read it of how this man should be merciful because of all the mercy that had been shown to him just a short time earlier. But even us as followers of Christ forget over time the amount of sin that has been forgiven and wiped away from our unpayable debt to God. Over time, as we live according to the laws of Christ, we just simply expect people to do the same and we lose sight of grace and mercy and we are called, uh, you know, even though we're called to display it, a lot of times we lose sight of that because, we, as Christians, we, we try to serve God. We try to live apart from sin. And because of that, we we tend to live somewhat rigid lives sometimes. And we we forget what it's like to receive mercy and grace whenever we're not making as many mistakes as we used to. And in whenever we're not receiving grace, sometimes we forget to give it. And again, Peter thinks his offer of seven times is going to be very sufficient. But he has never considered how many times God has had to forgive him. And there are moments in our life when people do things to us and say things to us, and we think that we will never be able to forgive them for one time because of the seriousness of their sin against us. But we have to be so careful to not forget the enormous amount of debt that God has so freely forgiven us for. You know, it really is sad to, to note that this man's conscience in this moment never seems to be affected by his action towards the other servant that owes him money, the, the one that owes him the smaller amount of money. But rather, it's the fellow servants who are watching this one servant who's been forgiven of this enormous debt be so harsh towards another servant who owes him so much less. And it's the other servants that see the wrong in this and have to seek out justice for the man who's been uh, mistreated. And guys, you know, I just want to tell you and I want to share with you, it's so important for us to understand that in our lives, it's really hard for us to see whenever we do stuff wrong. It's really hard for us to, to know when we need to change and when we need to offer grace and love and mercy a lot of times we lose sight of that it's very easy for other people to see it we can always see things in others that they can't see in themselves that's a very common human trait but it's very important for us not to lose sight of the grace and love and mercy that we should be bestowing on other people and this man's conscience even though he's so harsh to his fellow servant he's so harsh to him His conscience does not seem to be affected by it at all. And that's very alarming. We have to be careful that we don't shut our consciences down and offer other people the same grace and love and mercy that we want to receive from them and from God. But it's important. God wants us to exercise justice and mercy for two reasons. The first reason is it reminds us of what has been so freely given to us. There is an enormous amount of sin that all of us have been forgiven for. Not only once, okay? I mean, we were forgiven for all the sins leading up to the moment of salvation, but man, we have been growing in Christ ever since we've been saved. There has been times where we have fallen back into sin since we've been saved. That's uh, that's scary, but Jesus is faithful, and he's constantly forgiven us of those things, as we have lived for Him and followed Him, so it reminds us of the sin we've been forgiven of. The second thing is, is that when we forgive other people and offer grace and love and mercy and justice towards other people, it is an amazing witness to others because it shows them the love of Jesus Christ. Because what we're doing when we forgive others is we're doing what Christ has already done for us, and we're doing what He's called us to do. We're being obedient to Christ. And being obedient to Christ is one of the most prolific witnesses that you can offer to the world. You can be so eloquent with words, you can speak and say the exact right things, but your life, the way that you live, the choices you make to do the things that are so hard that most other people will not do them, that's the greatest testimony that we can give to the world. Now to finish out the parable, the fellow servants reported what they saw to the king and we have fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to stand before God one day and they're going to have seen and experienced life with us. They have watched us. They have heard us. They have witnessed our lives and God's going to hold us accountable. And... If you look at this, it's so important to understand that we want people who are going to testify on our behalf in a good way, not to condemn us, but to say, Lord, he forgave me. He offered mercy to me. He helped me. He did this. We need to be able to say that. We need to be able to live that out in our lives because when you look at this man we're reading about today, if the king would have given him the original punishment, he would have just been sold as a slave. And the debt would have never been taken care of, okay? He would have just been in prison, um, sold as a slave, his kids and everybody. But now, because of his unwillingness to be merciful to his fellow servant who owed him money and forgive him as he has been forgiven, now the king has decided that he will be tortured until the debt is paid, The problem is, when you look at the amount of money and the whole concept of this parable is is that it is an unpayable amount of money. So the debt is never going to be paid, therefore the torture is an eternal punishment. And you begin to realize that God is divvying out eternal punishment and torture because of this man's unwillingness to forgive the way that he has been forgiven. Now that he is in prison, he's definitely never going to be able to pay this debt back, even if it would have been possible beforehand. And when you look at the last verse, in verse 35, Jesus plainly says, This is what my Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters. That my friends, is a serious statement. So my recommendation to you today is not to be keeping tallies on people and don't worry about how many times people forgive or sin against you and hurt you and all these things. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to forgive as freely as Christ has forgiven us. And as you can do so that you can say on judgment day, people can stand before the Lord and say, They were kind to me. They forgave me. They overlooked my many faults. Even though I hurt them and took advantage of them, they forgave me. That's what we are called to do. That is a great witness and testimony for Jesus Christ because not many people in the world are willing to do it. So, it's difficult. It's extremely hard. It is possible today, to think about this, it is possible that we could receive a greater punishment from the Lord for not forgiving than we could for all of our other sins combined so my challenge to you today is forgive show love show mercy show justice care for other people forgive them over and over and over again it's not easy but it is definitely what we are called to do all right let's pray together father in heaven thank you for this beautiful day and for the opportunity to uh be together And to do this Bible study and read your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us in these times. Lord, it is not easy to forgive. Um, I know it's what we're called to do. We read about it a lot. And Lord, you forgive us so freely. But Jesus, it's not a natural instinct that we have. We need your help. We need your help through the power of the Holy Spirit. To be loving and kind and merciful to others who harm us and hurt us and sin against us. Help us to be forgiving through the power of your Holy Spirit. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in for another week. We love you. We're praying for you. If we don't see you on campus this Sunday, uh, catch us on Facebook, YouTube, or podcast. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon.